that was a funky ending. <laughs> Very funky. All right, good. <laughs> the Hebrew Bible lesson today is from Jeremiah. Jeremiah begins his ministry by telling the people that they have forgotten the way of the Lord, and the Lord is mad. And you will hear it in this text from the second chapter of Jeremiah. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your ancestors find in me, that they went far from me, and, and went after worthless things, and became worthless themselves? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness? In a, in a land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that no one passes through, where no one lives. I brought you into a plentiful land to eat its fruits and its good things. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. Therefore, once more, I accuse you, says the Lord. I accuse your children's children. Cross to the coasts of Cyprus and look, send to Seder. And examine with care. See if there has ever been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though there are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold no water, that, that can hold no water. On one occasion, oh, that's, that's, the, that's Jeremiah letting us have it. And then Luke 14, we pick up today, Luke 14. Jesus um, giving us parables, interesting parables. On one occasion when Jesus was going into the house of leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both you, both of you, may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he might say to you, friend, move up higher. 
Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That great evangelical preacher, teacher, professor, author, human being... Tony Campolo tells a story of being in Haiti. Haiti, of course, being the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. Tells a story about being there, and he's there to check up on his organization to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to with the folks that they're working with there in Haiti. And he's been all day meeting people and greeting people and learning about what they're doing and how they're doing it and who they're helping and who they need to be helping. And he finally sits down at dinner at a nice French restaurant by himself to have a beautiful meal because he's tired and he's people overloaded. And as he's sitting, the food comes and is put in front of him and he looks to his right out the window and sees Port-au-Prince, beautiful city. He looks to his left out the window and sees four hungry little kids with their nose pressed up against the window, almost drooling at the meal he's been presented And the waiter, of course, rushes over really quickly and pulls down the shades and says, Go ahead, sir, enjoy your meal. You won't have to be bothered by them anymore. Do you ever want to pull down the shades at the people that are at your dinner table? It's a fascinating thing to think about, really, and... and um, when the waiter said to, to Mr. Campolo, you won't have to be worried about them anymore, he had no idea what he was saying because Tony Campolo has written about that story hundreds of times. It affected him that deeply. Meals are important parts of our socialization. Jesus talks about meals all the time. And even later, he talks about the heavenly banquet where we will all gather together to celebrate God's glory. But you know what we have in our culture today? We have people who drive through, grab something on the way. 
right? Your kids are on the way to gymnastics and piano lessons and trumpet lessons and youth symphony orchestra and uh, soccer and baseball and hockey, and you drive through. I'm picking up crews now on Fridays, so I had to buy a car seat. The first thing that you install when you put a car seat in is the cup holder. So your kid can eat in the car. Many of you know the thing when we, when we sold my dad's house, the house where he and my mother had lived together um, for over 50 years. The thing that broke my heart was that I did not have room to take the kitchen table. That's all I wanted from the house was the kitchen table. I got the dishes instead. But I really wanted the kitchen table because that's where my best memories were. You know, we as a family, we ate together. And we ate together at 5 o'clock when Dad came home from work. And then if my brothers were at practice for something, we all went back together at 7 or 8 o'clock and ate again. A lot of families don't do that now. But I will tell you that what I saw yesterday at Nana's house was something to behold. Because Nana, you know, if it had been me, I'd have got a box of pizza, I'd have put it there on the ground and said, eat. Not as good a host as Nana is. Nana had a, a basin with ice in it that she had water in, small waters for the children. Later on, she put jello in that basin to keep it cold so it wouldn't melt for the children even though the dog ate more jello than any of the kids did. Quentin learned to go like this with the jello so the dog could eat it. It was, it was charming. Um, she had pizza and plates and napkins and chips, and she made little tiny ice cream cones this big for every kid. They were in the presence of a great host, And I'm not even sure they knew it. Because they were just there to swim. But here's the thing I know about that. Every one of those kids could sit down at a table and eat like a civilized human. That is not true for every child you were encountering in this world today. And they talked and they had fun and they enjoyed each other's company. And they had a meal that was something significant. That's what's designed to happen here. And Jesus in this culture, in this time now, is saying to these people, be careful because the meal that's designed to be a significant time of building relationships and being social could backfire on you if you get too cocky. Because, see, the way this worked was there were concentric circles of pillows, couches, where they sat and they ate. And if you were on the outside circle, you sure as heck wanted to move on in. But if you were on the inside circle, you didn't want somebody to come and say, hey, get out. 
Did anybody see the thing on America's Got Talent that Howie Mandel did with the VIP people? They had sold VIP tickets to this thing where you could meet, meet the stars of America's Got Talent. And Howie Mandel made himself up so that people didn't know who he was. And he'd go up to these people and say, well, what makes you important? Why are you, why are you a VIP? I don't know you. What makes you important? How come you're allowed to be here? And, and one of the people he was talking to actually got really mad and said, you're rude. Stop it. I, I, I bought these tickets, so you don't have to be special to do this, you know? And I, I watched that and I thought, yeah, if, if, you were, if you were in the front thinking you're important and somebody moved you to the back, well, you'd, be, you'd be humiliated. You'd be mad. You'd be shamed. They lived in a culture where honor and shame were the way that they understood who, who was of value and who wasn't. Just pull the shade down on people and ignore them. And it didn't matter to anybody but them that you shamed them. But we don't live in that culture anymore. It does matter that people come in here and they're welcome that we do what we can to help the blind, the crippled, the lame, the poor. And by the way, I'm going to stop for a minute. Uh, This is my moment of political correctness. Because my friend Marty Haugen, who was my teacher in my master's thesis, in my second master's degree, taught taught me music. His, lots of his hymns are in our hymn book. He wrote a, he wrote a, a hymn about the, the blind and the poor and the crippled and the lame. And the people from the Congregationalist Church called him and said, can you change the words so we can put it in our hymn book? Because it's not politically correct. And he said, no, because it's biblical. I'm not changing it. But there are those issues. So when I say that, don't get caught up in the language. I'm using the biblical language, but you understand what I'm talking about, right? People who are not like us and people who need special care. Handicapped, the mentally ill, the addicted. Those with physical disabilities. You got it, right? You understand what we're talking about here. Are those people welcome in our doors? When they walk in here, do we say the same thing to them that we say to people who grew up here or people who have been our friends and neighbors in this church for years or people who look more like us? Do they get seats of honor? Or do we just pull the shades down? 
You know, Pastor Ed Young, who runs that big, huge grapevine church in Dallas, says every, in every evangelical church, the worship guest should be the VIP. Now, I know of people who have treated the worship pastors, who have treated the worship guests as the VIP and had members of their congregation be torqued off at them because, well, they ignored me today. But there is something important that Jesus says about welcoming those who come in, especially those who might be different than we are, who might need a little extra help and who might need a little extra care and welcome. Jesus' parable today is about not just making sure that the shade is not pulled down, but the shade is, the shade is up, and we can see and relate to those who are on the other side. Very shortly, September 11th, we're going to have a special worship service here. It is the kickoff to things normal. I hope this room is full. I keep saying this and I'm getting frustrated because I feel like nobody's listening. Because the only way this room will be full is if you bring people with you. You're looking for the special sauce, the magic potion to fill this room. And it's not about advertising, and it's not about marketing, and it's not about anything other than your heart connecting with the heart of another person who needs to be here. Lift up the shade. Let them in.